and we made it. Hey, this is Creativity in Focus, a live video podcast where we talk about art every single week. And today is not going to be different, but we are going to take a twist today because we are going to be talking about navigating troubled waters during a crisis with creativity. That's what we want. And I have a special guest today as well. But before we dive into that, a few announcements. You're watching this live and this is phenomenal. You know why? Because you can actually interact with us. Depending on where you're watching, there is either a chat box beside or below the video or a comment box beside or below the video. That's the place for you to interact with us. Send your questions, send your two cents about what's going on right now. And we are going to discuss together about that. I think in times like this, the most important part is, you know, uh, uniting people with the same mindset and get the creativity flowing. And this is why we are coming live right now with you. Now, this is a podcast, which means that even after we go offline, wherever you're watching, it stays there. So you can tell your friends and say, hey, come uh, watch this one because it may, you may get some good ideas out of that. And of course, you can also get this on any podcast platform, including Spotify. So wherever you get your podcast, check for Creativity in Focus. In fact, we have over 60 interviews with amazing artists out there, and they have one mission, to inspire you to create more, okay? And don't forget to share this podcast as well. It's content only, nobody's going to sell anything, so it's safe for you to share anywhere, including groups, okay? We now get started with Creativity in Focus, and my guest today is Robert Imbriale. Robert is a marketing consultant that has a large experience working with artists. Hi, Robert. How are you doing today? Very well, Shahar. How are you today? I'm great. You know, I, I'm really happy the, the ground is not shaking today. <laughs> Talk about stress yesterday with the earthquake. Uh, Robert, before we dive into the topic, tell our uh, friends a little bit about you. I have been in the uh, arts and crafts business now for 20 years. Been working with Wilbur and Gord Farm for the most part and other companies as well and helping them build uh, their audience up to the giant audience that it is today and uh, having a lot of fun uh, in the marketing area and the technology area. And like you, Shahar, I have a studio here, as you can see behind me. Yes. And that we, both, we also do live video, live web streams, webcasts, and we do uh, training videos as well. That's good. And, and I've been to your studio a few times. And it's really great. It's really, really well put. And we, we had some fun times working in your studio, correct? Yeah, we certainly did. I'm looking forward to doing it again once we get past this little... Hiatus uh, <laughs> of getting together. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robert, let's, let's then talk about it. Because, of course, we're living in an unprecedented moment, right? Uh, it's a different crisis from all the crises we had in the past. I don't know about you, but I'm on my third big crisis, uh, but they were all different, right? And this one is really, really unique to the sense that is impacting the whole world. It is. And the, that's the one thing that I think has got most people kind of freaked out a little bit is that this is very different. But, you know, like you, Shahar, I mean, I've been through hurricanes when I lived on Long Island. I've been through tornadoes when I lived in Chicago. Uh, you know, here in California, I've, I've lived through many earthquakes. The biggest one was a 7.3. Uh, yeah. And that one really just rocks you a little bit, right? Uh -huh. I've been evacuated more than once because of wildfires. Actually, where my studio is, the wildfire was literally 100 feet across the street. Yep, that was right across the street from us, and we didn't know if this office was going to be here, you know, the next day. So we got evacuated, and you know, we we uh, survived, and we changed our habits a little bit and changed things. But eventually, you know, life always comes back to normal. It may be a new normal, but uh, you know, in, in this case, it's it's a, probably a little bit different. Uh, but I think you know, at the end of it, it's like we just got to focus on what we want on the other side, and which is what get back to normal, right? And you mentioned uh, in one of our texts, right, that when the earth gets taken from your feet, the level of insecurity really increases, right? And because it's the unknown, 
is yeah. what takes us. Well, you know what it is, is, is we always expect when we jump out of bed and put our feet on the ground, we expect that that ground is going to support us, right? And we don't even think about it. We just kind of take it for granted. Now, all of a sudden, when that, that rattles, that shakes, now you're not so sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. You take it really, it really, the, the phrase it rattles you to the bone is true. And that's what I see here in California when we have these earthquakes as well, is people are rattled. The, the difference here is that it happens fairly frequently. So, you know, they're rattled for a little bit. And then, you know, a few hours later, everyone's fine again. Yes, yes, true. Uh, yeah. Now, what I, what I could correlate with the other crisis we are having is exactly that uh, the anxiety may get a little bit too high because you're dealing with the unknown and the unpredicted, right? Like we couldn't foresee the earthquake and then we don't know what's going to happen an hour from, from that moment. And with this uh, uh, virus crisis, it's kind of the same, right? We are going hour by hour, uh, being, being told what to do, which is correct. We, we, we have to organize. After all, it is a type of war that we are living. But uh, we get anxious, right? And many times it's easier just to sit down and, and start biting your nails than doing anything really productive about that. So, so can we brainstorm first on, you know, what kind of attitude we need to have and then uh, let's go into some ideas on how we are going to go through this new normal. Because as you know very well, after a crisis, things never go back to the way it was. Right. So we got to be okay with changing a bit because we will have to no matter what. Things don't go back to normal on a daily basis. And we don't yeah. notice it because the changes are so small. True. So we're noticing it now because the changes are bigger, right? So mm -hmm. yesterday doesn't look like today. Never does. Never, never, never does. It's always going to be a little bit different, right? Traffic patterns are different. And the person you were parked behind at the, at the traffic light is not the same person you were yeah. parked behind yesterday, you know? So changes is constant. And we just don't notice it because it's very small. When it becomes big like this, then we go, whoa, now we're noticing right? Mm -hmm. yes, yes. So we talk a lot about uh, the contagiousness of the virus. What we don't talk about as much is the contagiousness of our emotions. So mm -hmm. viruses are contagious, fungus is contagious, bacteria is contagious. There are other pathogens that are contagious, right? But mm -hmm. also the emotions are contagious. So yes. what ends up happening when you look outside and all you see is people who are fearful, guess what you pick up on? Mm -hmm. You on pick fear. <laughs> yeah, you're going to, to mimic. Yeah. So as a coach, what I do with, with my clients, I'm very, very, very aware of where they are emotionally and I pick up on their feelings. Now, that honestly is a fantastic, fantastic skill set to have. And it has a double edged sword, too, because when this all went crazy, which was last Wednesday, and I look at the calendar here, what yeah. was the 11th, right? Um, that's when everything went off the rails here and all, everything started to get canceled. And it was it was nuts. And so what happened with me is I started to pick up on all the fear. So last Thursday, the day after all of that, I was completely out of sorts and I was just not focused. I was not balanced. And I'm like, okay, this clearly isn't who I am. I'm mm -hmm. picking up on this stuff because it's not me. I'm not that worried about it, right? Mm -hmm. So I did uh, some things. I, I met with a friend on, on Friday and we talked about it and we did other things. And then on the weekend, I just disconnected from the media, completely disconnected from it. I didn't want to know the updates. I don't want to know the numbers every hour. I didn't want to hear all that stuff. I needed to get back to center because my role, your role, everyone who's watching has a role of leadership yes. because the last thing we want to do is continue to spread the fear. Mm -hmm. So how do we stop that? How do we stop spreading the fear? Well, you starts within you. So what I did on the weekend, I said, you know what? Stop this. I'm not going to play this game anymore. This is not who I am. I'm picking up on all this fear because it's all around me. Everywhere I look, I see people scurrying and hoarding and, you know, uh, that kind of thing. And it's like, okay, so this isn't me. What's me? What, what do I want? How am I going to react in this? Right. And I know I'm a leader and, and I'm, I need to step up. And I know people look to me for that, that leadership. Mm -hmm. And are they look to you and every one of you who are watching today, your family, your friends, the people around you, they're looking to you and they're reacting based on what they're seeing you and how you're reacting. That's if you're in true. fear, they're going to be in fear. If you're calm and you're stepping up and you're feeling like, you know what, everything's going to be okay, they're going to pick up on that and they're going to be that way too. So yes. you help people, you help yourself first. It starts there, right? Very wise. Yeah. And, you know, we hear that when we fly, right? You save yourself first. And sometimes it's just taking a walk outside uh, your garden, for example, right now, but be able to uh, cut the pattern of how you're feeling at that moment. Uh, 
Robert, we have Beverly here saying good morning. Deborah saying good morning. Good morning to you guys. And remember, this is live. So you're welcome to send questions or your feelings using the chat or the comment box, whatever you're watching. Robert, you just mentioned that. And uh, it, it really, uh, to me, it's, that's really important because I take like this. Yes, we mimic and it's important that all of us that see this, that see that people start panicking because the others are panicking, things like this. Like, how can I twist this pattern, even for the child beside me or somebody I have in front of me or into the camera? So I think, for example, yesterday, I was really feeling like, you know what? I want to stop the day. I want to go home, hide under the bed and stay there for a while. <laughs> so my approach is I go into the closet and I, I go crazy. And then I get out and everything is fine and we move on and we we did the extra effort of coming back live later because I think this is this is how we can impact, right? We can go on social media, we can put out a positive uh, message out there, or we can put something that will distract people from what they are having to live right now, yeah. right? And keep them sane so they can keep people around them sane. Uh, so you have to think, what can we do at this moment uh, to help others around us? Of course, not everybody is going to be on camera, but what can you do with those beside you, right, to keep everybody going? So if this lasts long, we can all go through this, you know, and, and keep our sanity in place. I did a video yesterday around uh, four or five o'clock here, California time. I went out, I decided, you know, I'm going to try to make my day as normal as it can possibly be. Mm -hmm. So for right now, we're not locked out. I can still come to my studio and I don't think that'll change because I don't have employees. I just work by myself. So I don't think it'll be a challenge for me. <clears throat> so basically the video was this, try to make your day as normal as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. So going for a walk, that's something I was doing every day. And all of a sudden last week I stopped because of all of this. And I'm like, okay, is there any reason to stop? There's no, basically nobody where I go for a walk. There's one or two people that I'll run into, mm -hmm. uh, but that's about it. Yeah. And there's no reason not to do it. So I went out there yesterday and I you know, did a little video and I said, look, here I am. You know, I'm out here. I'm enjoying the sun. I'm enjoying the day. And things are as normal as they could be. Traffic was a little bit lighter. Maybe that was the only thing that was different. But other than that, you know, do as much as you can to just let yourself know that we're going to be okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about creativity then, right? Because uh, a huge portion of our audience, they are artists. And what's happening right now? Artists usually, uh, they make their income from selling pieces mm -hmm. and giving classes, right? Selling pieces, most of them still go to shows, to fairs. And Everything in that arena got canceled. I, I actually, today I got some notice of shows that were supposed to happen during summer. They're getting canceled. So this might not be an eight-week thing. Uh, so what can we do? And we are going to, to talk about the practicals, about websites and, and things online. But, Robert, I was reading about creativity in crisis, and there was... Um, a study from uh, for kids actually, but they were saying that you have to live the four P's of creativity, which would be projects, passion, and uh, and play, uh, peers and play. So projects is the things that you and as artists, most of us we have thousands of projects that we never finished, right? So. Working with those would give you a sense of accomplishment because you're going to be doing something that was set aside for a while. And, and that's a very good feeling to have. I'm accomplishing, I'm finishing things. You know, things have a beginning, uh, a middle and an end, and the middle might be turbulent, but I get to the end and it's a beautiful piece. The passion is because when you work on things that you care about, you're willing to work a lot longer and harder. And with maybe long hours for some of us at home, this is just a bliss, right? Because you're focused on what you really love. Everything that you're putting out is good energy, and we need that right now. Uh, and, and you just don't see the hours go by. And then peers, and we're going to talk more about all these topics, uh, Robert, together. But peers is, okay, how can I get together with the people that think like me? So right now, you're doing right that, uh, uh, the same thing. Whatever you're watching, there are other people watching. They are all 
you know, on the same mindset with the same questions. And we are going to interact more and more as you comment on the comment box. And you see, okay, I'm here, I'm relating. I may not be able to hug somebody right now, but we can give virtual hugs. And then the play, just like you said, is, is doing the things that bring you joy but also increase your, your energy in the process, like you said, walking like you do every day. What do you think about this for peace? I think they're very important. And I think what you need to focus on is where your hours are going during the day. Now, there are a lot of people and, uh, who are binging on the news. Mm-hmm. because it's very sexy to do so, right? It's like, oh my God, I have to pay attention every minute. I got to see the numbers, the updated numbers, the updated numbers. I got to see the numbers. I can't live without seeing the numbers. And we know that if you want to learn something, the best way to learn it is through something called immersion, mm-hmm. right? You want to you convince your mind or train your mind to think in a new way, you go through immersion. So uh, years ago when I was living in Montreal, I, my, my, my French was high school French, right? It wasn't very good. And <laughs> I got a job working at the, a liquor store, and everybody in the store spoke only French. I'm an English-speaking guy, born in New York. Here I'm in Montreal in a French-speaking uh, you know, province, and my French is just high school French. But because it was an immersive environment, at the end of the summer, after working five, six days a week all summer, speaking nothing and thinking nothing but French, guess what happened to my English? Yeah. I had trouble with it, right? <laughs> so what happened is you, you immerse yourself in this. You've got to be very careful about what you're putting into your mind. Now, I know a lot of people will have the TV on in the background. Oh, I don't really watch it. Mm-hmm. Your subconscious is still picking it up. Mm-hmm. still hearing it. This, the energy of it is fear. So what I ask people to do is limit their exposure. Yeah, it's a good idea to check in. 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening, you don't really need anything more because the news is always repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating. And all it's doing is immersing, immersing you in fear. Yeah. And then it becomes very difficult to say, okay, I want to work on my, my project now. I want to get into my art studio. I want to do something. And you're too scared to do that. And you're being robbed of that, other, that joy that could be there for you. Mm-hmm. So we talk about that. It's like you really need to reconnect. And, and the idea of reconnecting with you know, trying to be as normal as possible during these times really is about tuning that stuff out because it's not supporting you. Mm-hmm. What's supporting you? What's fun, right? Ask that question. What can I do today that's fun? Mm-hmm. The other thing that I find, Shahar, that people are doing is they're focused on tomorrow. Yes. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I don't have a crystal ball, nor do you. Mm-hmm. You know what? I never know what tomorrow is going to bring, not just during the situation, but ever. Yeah. So the more we focus on tomorrow, the more it creates anxiety, stress, fear. And the more you create anxiety, stress, fear, what happens to your immune system? It goes down. It goes down. Yeah. It's designed that way. That's absolutely normal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, years and years ago, when we had to run away from the saber-toothed tiger, right? We were being yeah. chased by the saber-toothed tiger. You know, the body's thought, well, maybe I should run the immune system a little higher. Maybe uh-huh. I should run digestion. No, when you're in fear, all of that shuts down to put all the energy so you can run and get away from that saber-toothed tiger, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to the media, it's creating the same, the same events in your body. Right. Your immune system's compromised. You're not digesting properly. You're not eating properly. It's messing up your sleep patterns. And guess what happens when the virus does come along? Ooh, killing host. I want this one, right? Uh-huh. I'm so happy to find someone who doesn't have a strong immune system. So all of this, is, what I'm sharing with you, all of this are the steps you need to take to get back to a really strong perspective, right? There's supplementation you can do. Getting good sleep is good. Reducing your stress. How do you reduce your stress if you're an artist? best thing you can do is get into your fun zone, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you've got the kids at home. You know what? Enroll them. Have them do it. We're doing that at the farm now. We've been giving away gourd boxes. People are just paying shipping and handling for the mm-hmm. gourd boxes. We've given over 300 away in the past few days. And they keep asking for more. So we're going <laughs> to find as many as we can give away. It's like there's a, you know, there's a limit to how much we could, we could do that. Yeah. But, you know, we're doing it because, uh, you know, we're giving it specifically for the kids because the kids are at home right now. Yes. And to enroll them into something that's fun other than video games. Yeah, mm-hmm. for a little while, video games are fine, but not eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, that kind of thing. 
right? Yeah. I, th I think it is just like you said, we need balance, right? So yeah. it's okay for you to get informed. And, and I actually think it's very important for you to be informed. But 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night, you don't need to keep watching the news over and over and over. That's what is harmful. Uh, but also being totally detached of what's going on is not a good thing either. I, I, unfortunately, I talked to some people, Robert, that they are so not aware of what's going on that they put themselves in danger as well as everybody around them. So, you know, just get that, that middle ground. Claudia is saying, good morning from Redington, Redding, California. I am gr grateful for my supply of stuff to keep me busy during this time. Being shut in alone could be the pits. You are right not to panic and stay calm. Judy Rapp, I am glad I stacked up on craft stuff a couple of weeks ago, and there is always internet shopping. Uh, Karen Russo, and join groups also to do, uh, that do what you do, which is a great way to be in touch with your peers. Leanne, uh, I'm learning to cherish this time. I have no control over outside forces, so instead I can breathe feeling uh, freely and do what brings me joy. I also avoid media overload. And Jenny, Curious Mondo is my fun zone. Yay! And we try to be here as much as possible, as you know. <laughs> Robert, you mentioned the farm. So, so tell them, what farm? Um, Wellburn Gourd Farm. It's wellburngourdfarm.com. And we supply and, and uh, support the gourd community. And gourd artists all over the world, literally. Yep. We sell gourds in every country where we're allowed to ship them to, because some, some countries won't allow them in. Uh, but we'll ship them wherever wherever we can get them in, uh, we'll ship them. And uh, the gourd artists are really uh, a fun group because they, they come from all backgrounds. So you have a lot of people who used to be painters and carvers and woodworkers. And, you know, now they're, they found, they discovered, Covered gourds and gourds. Every gourd is different, right? So mm -hmm. the challenge is different on each one. And it's so much fun uh, when they get involved with it. And it's a fun thing for the kids to do, too, because it's, you know, again, it's an interesting canvas. It's not just a flat sheet of paper, everything's the same. It's here's this gourd and it's a different shape and uh, different size and different texture. And you could do so many different things with it. And, uh, you know, people really get to explore their creativity. It's fascinating uh, to see what they do with them. You know, so when you get a gourd, for example, the, uh, I know because I've been to the farm, you, you choose one that the shape attracts you, and then you immediately start thinking, what can this become, right? Because it's a gourd, it has a funny format, and then you say, what could it become? It can become uh, a lady, it can become a bird, it can, and at that moment, you start creating the other possibilities around it, right? Yep. Until the moment that you get home and you say, okay, I'm going to cut it, I'm going to carve it, I'm going to paint it, whatever is going to be the process. And you start interacting and making that first funny shape of a gourd turn into a piece of art. How is this different from us dealing with a crisis? Isn't that the same thing? Well, we have yeah. something weird, not funny, but weird, right? And then? Yeah, and you take the fear away from it. That if you look at the crisis from a logical perspective, right? Uh, you, if you if you watch some of the quote unquote leaders there who are uh, you know giving us this information, what you're not seeing is a lot of panic in them. Mm -hmm. Right. The panic is on is on our side of it, not yeah. their side of it, because they're the leaders. Right. But we need to step up. Like I said, we need to be leaders in our own right and, and you know, do everything you can to reduce your fear, reduce your stress. And the fear and the stress is always about tomorrow. If you mm -hmm. come back to the present moment and just take a look at your feet, take a look at the ground around you and you go, I'm OK right now. Nothing to worry about. The next moment I'll deal with when it comes. Mm -hmm. I can't worry about the next moment because I don't know what it's going to be. You know, yeah. uh, an hour from now, I could get a call and they could say, you know, Carlsbad, California, shut down. You know, who knows? Yeah. Who right. Knows? Yeah. I can't worry about it because I don't control it, number one. And if and when that happens, I will make decisions based on whatever the information is and work from there. But I'm focused on the moment right now. I'm here with you, Shahar, having a lot of fun today. You know? yeah, that's good. That's good. And, and actually, we get in touch almost every day. Right. And I think it's just the fact that is everything okay there how are you going to to deal with this that is happening right now it keeps us also okay uh this is how i'm keeping my balance i have to tell you that uh i also advocate like you not to be worrying too much about the future but i i did learn one thing when i was uh, teaching for franklin Covey in brazil that he there was this exercise that asked people Oh, how much, how much of the time do you think a fireman spends putting fires out? 
No, what's the percentage? And the answer to that is only 2% of the time. Only 2% of the time a fireman uh, puts fires out. The 98% of the rest of his time is spent on preparing to avoid fires. See, this is different than preparing for whatever comes next. It's preparing to avoid fire. So for me, for example, Robert, the way my mind is wired, uh, the, the easiest way not to panic is this. For example, I look at my business and I, it's obvious things are going to change. They can change to the right, they can change to the left. What am I going to do in these two situations? Well, so for example, we here at the studio four or five weeks ago, we already were having meetings on how we, are go we were going to keep ourselves protected, uh, well, how we would protect the instructors that were here, how we would deal if we had to shut down. We didn't, we didn't predict the earthquake, I have to tell you. But how we were going to do if we had to shut down, how to stream from home, how we could create things that would distract people that are not done here in the studio, but we can st still put out there. So, you know, when the things start really happening, in my mind, I was, okay, I'm prepared. I didn't go and bought 200 toilet papers, but I did buy an extra package, period, because I want to be sure I'm clean. And, and that was it. So when the, the crisis really came, we were okay, we, we've seen the scenarios and we are prepared for those. We can move on being us, yeah. right? And not being somebody that, like you said, you don't like that self that panics. I don't like it either, right? I don't wanna live with that kind of shahar. Right. So I can, I, can, I can function that way. So I think depending on how people are wired, they have to see, okay, this is how I keep my cool, right? Yeah, and I it's have, really true because you and I are on camera a lot, and we yeah. do live streams, and and I do videos regularly as well. And uh, you know, people are always looking to us and saying, "Okay, how is Shahar? If she's all freaked out, oh my God, then it's time to freak out, right?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't be good. Industry. You know, people are looking up to you, and yeah. uh, you know, we have that at, at a smaller level, even in just within our own families and with our kids, and you know, that kind of thing. And it's real important, uh, you know, to really work on that panic thing. And it can be hard because your mind can take over, and boy, oh boy, your imagination could run wild yeah here's the thing when you think about tomorrow it's a blank canvas mm -hmm. you can create any scenario you want anything it could be fantastic or it could be disaster everything in between is fair game mm -hmm. because it hasn't been created yet but if you're creating that in your mind well if you have the choice why don't you think about things being better tomorrow if you gotta if you're gonna focus on tomorrow anyway things are gonna get a little bit better mm -hmm. this is gonna ease this is gonna get softer right yeah. Yeah. People are now, I think we're just one week into this, the this hard part of the crisis now. And I think I'm seeing people sort of calming down now. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't the mad dash at Costco yesterday. It was, it was a little bit light, actually, as far as the number of people at Costco. Mm -hmm. uh, in the grocery stores, yeah, they, uh, there's still a lot of stuff that's out of stock. But there wasn't a mad dash. Everyone was cordial again. And they were just walking through and doing their shopping and getting what they could. And there wasn't this craziness that there was uh, when this first took hold last week. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to paint a picture. Things are going to get better. I woke up yesterday, Shahar. I don't, I don't know if you saw it on my timeline, but I posted it. Uh, I, I was saying, okay, I'm always looking for signs that things are going to get better. So I get up and I look out the bathroom oh, window. Yes. And I see a double rainbow. Uh -huh. A double rainbow. How often yeah. do you see that? I'm like, yeah. all right, now I know things are going to be fine. Nothing to worry about, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we have some comments here. Judy saying, my immune system is compromised, so I expect to have a lot of creative time. Yep. Karen, did I miss an intro uh, as to Hubbard is and his background? Do you mind putting that in a 30 second again? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you missed it. You got to cut the replay, right? Yeah, yeah you can rewatch as a podcast. I've yeah. Word Farm as their marketing and technical chief there for about 20 years. So I have a background in marketing. I have a background in coaching. I uh, was trained by, I'll give you a different uh, bio a little bit. I was trained by the big guy, uh, Tony Robbins, many years ago, 1995, and have been doing a lot of coaching ever since. So I, I kind of combine marketing, psychology, and, and coaching, all of that stuff into one uh, package that I offer my clients. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and yeah, of course, I've got a studio here, so I do a lot of video work as well, and uh, uh, live streams and uh, training videos, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. 
Beverly is ask, uh, saying, this is the first time in forever without deadlines, right? Which, which is a good thing for all of us. We, we are having that because so many things were canceled that you actually can breathe and take your projects, you know, with, with even more respect, right? Because they are not tied to a, a, a deadline. Uh, Karen saying, people operate better when they know how to plan. Right, I, th I think yes, many people do. Others, uh, it's, it depends on how they are wired. Robert, it goes let's... back to the six human needs, right? Tell so me about some it. Some people thrive on adventure and uncertainty. Other people thrive on certainty. Mm -hmm. So they have to know what's going to happen tomorrow, otherwise they can't be calm. People like me, I'm fall, fall somewhere in between. I don't really care too much about tomorrow because I have a mantra that I that I've had with my with me for gosh since I'm like 12, and it's simply this: no matter what happens, I always land on my feet, mm -hmm. right? And I believe that, and that's been my experience through everything that I've been through. No matter what happens, I'll always land on my feet. And I was in the hospital with a 50/50 chance of of living uh, years ago, and uh, somehow something inside me said it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, it, it was. So, you know, if you have that kind of mantra, that kind of belief system that's really, really strong. Yeah. If you need to plan, go ahead and plan. There's nothing wrong with that. If you, if you're like me, you like a little bit more adventure in life, you don't feel like planning every little thing. That's okay too. And you know, no one's judging us. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is just don't judge yourself either. You know, you're not making mistakes. This is all new. And, uh, you know, we're learning day by day how to, how to be in this new normal right now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I believe it's going to pass. I don't think it's going to be with us for a long time. I think as a, as a society, we're fairly resilient. Uh, we may not know it because we have been through something like this before, but I think we're very resilient and I yeah. think we're going to pull through this. Okay. And you know, <clears throat> if there's a moment when, it, when it's better to be a little older, <laughs> It's that we've been through things, right? We have lived through ups and downs, personal ups and downs, uh, external forces impacting our lives. So it's not like this is, it is totally new in the format that presents right now. But if you go through your own life, you're going to see that you've been through ups and downs many times and you're still standing, you're watching this right now for a reason, right? You not only survived, uh, you're, you're thrived, you're here, you're, you're in your full capacity uh, watching this. Right. So that's, that's very important what you said. You also told me uh, about your being responsible for creating your own reality. Right. And I, I take that to heart. So every time I see my mind filling with bad things, I, I stop. I really stop and say, okay, I'm going to change my pattern right now. So if I'm sitting, I stand. If I'm, uh, you know, crying, I, I dry the tears and think about something funny. But I try to create that pattern because I do believe that I will create everything around it in that reality that I'm creating inside my mind. Like attracts like. That's how yes. our, our environment works, right? So mm -hmm. law of attraction. We know that if you're focusing on all the bad stuff, guess what you're going to attract? More bad stuff, right? And I think as a society, we're focused on all the fear right now and we keep attracting more fear. So mm -hmm. it just rises and rises and rises. So this is uh, a minute by minute game mind game that you have to play with yourself and you really have to focus on what where your thoughts are going and roll roll them back when they're going in the wrong direction right yes and people say well can i just do this just once it's like no it's a minute by minute thing because we're having literally 60,000 80,000 thoughts a day Mm -hmm. You're not going to do this just once. Your mind's going to wander off in the wrong direction and it's okay that it does that just don't stay there bring it back. Okay. I don't want to be thinking about that. That's not helpful. What is in my, my present moment that I could think of that's fun mm -hmm. or calming or that's okay. Right. There's a lot of things that are okay. I'm looking at my studio and I've got all this great equipment around me. I've got all the computers that I want and you know, I got the best of the best. And it's like, wow, I'm so proud. I was able to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And like that calms me down. It's like, so I'm not focused on what might happen tomorrow. Cause I don't know. Yeah. True. You know, true. I don't care, but I don't know. And I yes. can't worry about it. Yes, we have to worry about the things we can control. Right. And you mentioned about judging and caper artist is saying this is a good time to reset all humanity's attitude. And I think you, you, you said nobody is judging, but we also need to police ourselves not to start judging everybody else. The other day I work in front of a computer. So, uh, you know, every now and then you transition to social media, which is not a, a healthy habit many times, but you start seeing people complaining the other people uh, about this crisis or the other party or, you know, it, it turns into politics. And for me, that makes that really makes me mad because I'm thinking 
this is not the time to be judging everybody, anybody. We are in this together, and it's, it's a moment actually where we have to unify, and it doesn't matter, you know, it really doesn't matter if you don't agree with me in other things. You and I, Robert, we've been friends now, I don't know, 10 years or maybe seven, I don't know. And we, you know we don't agree on many things, right? That doesn't impact our friendship. Not at all. Right? Because we know when to put that apart and say, okay, you know, let's focus on how we can feed each other with creativity and good things so we can both propel as businesses as well. Right. Well, the truth of the matter is, it's like there are things that we may disagree on, but the truth is, as a society, we agree on more than we disagree on. Mm -hmm. And if you were to go that route and say, okay, let's list all the things that we do agree on, that list would be like 100 times bigger than the things we don't agree on. Right. Yes. And that's where we get messed up because the media is always, you know, pushing those buttons, pushing those buttons, trying to get you to react, trying to get you to react. Mm -hmm. When you react in fear, when you react in anger, when you react with all these negative emotions, guess what happens to the media? You watch oh. more of it. You consume more of it. <laughs> yes. And every time you load a page of any of these websites, any of these media websites, you see advertisements, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're getting paid whether you click on those ads or not. Yeah. So their game, and this is, this is the shame of the media today, is that it is a business. It is a big business. And there's a lot, a lot of money. You and I know because we go to NAB. We know how much money is in the media, right? Yes. We see them spending millions and millions of dollars on cameras and lights and stuff. Where's this money coming from? It's coming from the ad revenue. Mm -hmm. So the more they can scare you, the more they can anger you, the more you're going to be really addicted to the news. It is an addiction. Yeah. And you've got to be able to shut it down and, and okay, I'm going to, I'm going to peek in, uh, you know, get the news I need to get and get off it. I do something a little bit different. I, I watch some mainstream media. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't believe most of it. I know most of it is sensationalized. And I also watch alter alternative media. Mm-hmm watch the stuff that you know the mainstream isn't talking about and you know i find somewhere in between the two you can get a semblance of what might yep. be truth mm -hmm. right yeah so it's not all or one it never is the alternative is not always perfect the mainstream media is certainly not always perfect but there's truth somewhere and you can compare the two and or maybe even three if you, if you want to go that far and try to figure out what's really going on out there which is a really good mind exercise anyway, right? I, I watch the, the national media and I watch international media and then the same thing happens, right? Where yeah. it's really the truth about this topic. Uh, and you know, what I, just to finish this thing about agreeing and not judging people is that even when we disagree, so you, you know, you, one walks more to the right, the other walks more to the left. What we are both seeking is a better world. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And we have so the bottom line is we agree we want things to be better. The way we think this should happen may be different. And that's important because or else we we keep this hate everything that is different about me that goes on now that is just not uh, productive. Um, Karen is saying the virus is causing folks to realize that it's important to make choices. They are for the well-being of others. Kim Matthews, uh, if we want to be listened to, we need to listen to others. Thank you. Yes. Lorraine, greetings from Las Vegas. Shahar, I couldn't agree more that being older, we realize that we will get through all kinds of situations. We can learn from every experience and grow from it. Yeah. I think that's the only thing good about growing old. No, I don't like when I look at the, 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 the thing that's coming up right now is the most at-risk group isn't the elderly. It's actually the millennial. Did you see that? 40%? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And it is, you know, the, those millennials are, you know, this particular group of people doesn't look to the elders as having the answers anymore. No, yeah. We get, a, we get a group every once in a while that'll do that. But typically what happens in society is the younger uh, generation will look to the elders and say, okay, you've been through this. What can we learn? We've, we've got wisdom. You've got life experience. The millennials are not doing that. Mm -hmm. they're saying, we don't want to know what you guys went through. That was all wrong. We want to do it a different way. So in fact, right now, they're actually more at risk than, than yes. the older generation. They're, they're going to learn the hard way. It's not only humans, uh, animals too. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know, but uh, in a, I, I think the correct name is a herd of elephants. So a group of elephants. Uh, when there is a trouble youth, let's say you have that baby that just doesn't obey, doesn't want to follow the, the other elephants, they pair that small elephant with the oldest one uh, in, the, in the group. And what happens is something extremely beautiful. The youngster uh, starts understanding the process and following the rules mm. of the, the pack, but the older elephant 
comes and plays more and interacts more with the rest of the society. Uh, this is beautiful. And I have to tell you, I have a dog. I have four dogs. One is 14 years old. So she's old and she's deaf and she's getting blind and all these things. And I have a young puppy, the Mr. Monsieur Baguette. And it's amazing because they play together all the time. And I can see the small one mimicking the behavior of the, the oldest one. Yep. So there is a very good thing about that, that maybe this generation cannot see at this point, right. but it's, it's good. The interaction is beneficial from, for both sides, right? Robert, let's talk about what to do now, for example. So we talked about the, the artists having the shows canceled, maybe for the rest of the year, not being able to give in-person classes. Uh, there is going to be a, a new reality on how this category makes money in the future. Right. I, I have some ideas. Do you have some ideas you would like to share? You know that uh, Zoom, the, mm -hmm. the company, uh, they're going through the roof in terms of signing up new accounts. So yeah. is Skype. So is Microsoft Teams. So is, you know, any of these uh, systems like uh, Apple's been saying FaceTime has been really, really busy, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're starting to use the technology that's already existed. And thankfully, this didn't happen 10 years ago. Yeah. Because we didn't have a lot we of this technology the... back then, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you say, hey, I'm an artist and I would love to do a little presentation on what I'm doing you could do that. You've got Facebook Live. You know, you don't really need anything more than one of these guys. Yep. You know, you've got it. You've got a 4K camera in your hands for most of you mm -hmm. uh, and, and really high quality video and uh, decent sound. You don't need fancy lighting. I've got fancy lighting. You've got fancy lighting. We don't really need it anymore because yep. these cameras are so well built that if you really wanted to get out there and say, oh, I'm going to teach a little class. I'm going to show people how to do whatever it is that you're good at. Mm -hmm. People will follow that. True, and true. now you're seeing, you know, our, our, one of the internet service providers up at the farm, they, uh, they sent us a note and said, you know, uh, usage has spiked in the past week. So we apologize. We can't provide enough internet. So now they're trying to put more yes. internet in there. To That's solve becoming an issue. Home, we're all yeah. online. Yeah. So we're using the tools. Uh, you know, Curious Mondo's got a lot of great courses and, and, you know, certainly worthwhile jumping in there and getting some of those, getting access to them and, you know, learn, learn something new. This is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of the clients I work with, uh, coaches and doctors and that kind of thing, uh, doctors are being forced to shut down their offices and mm -hmm. hair salons are shutting down. Dentists have shut down. And uh, I was telling somebody yesterday, it's really going to get ugly out there. No one's going to get a haircut. Not going to get your teeth cleaned. You can't get a manicure. <laughs> <laughs> They start getting ugly. <laughs> so uh, we look at that. We say, okay, so what is the thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's a, an opportunity because like somebody said on the chat room there that there's no deadlines, right? There's nobody pushing you. So you can create new habits for yourself. You can take care of yourself better uh, without the excuse of, man, I got to get up. I got to go right away every, every morning and forget about eating right. Forget about, <laughs> no, now you can take the time. You can eat right. You can have your coffee and enjoy it. You can, you know, all the things that you don't normally get a chance to do. Uh, I'm doing, uh, personally, I'm reworking some of the coaching programs I have. I'm planning to do a new course, which I was going to launch last week, by the way. Lucky I didn't do that. Uh, so I'm going to do it as a video course now rather than live. And I'm going to put it together and I'm going to go in the studio and record it. Now's a great time because I don't have any clients coming in. There, yep. no, nobody's asking to come to the studio. No one's yeah. coming through here, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, so without a lot going on, then it's a chance to reformat. I made the mistake in 2008, and I know a lot of people did. Um, when Obama got elected, the economy went right, and it was totally filled with fear mm -hmm. because Obama basically declared war on small business. So everyone went, whoa, and all the investing stopped, all the buying stopped, and, and the economy really came to a screeching halt for, for many of us. So many of the people I know were out of business, and one of the mistakes I saw happening is that when that happened, a lot of them said, well, I'm not doing the business I was doing. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to start something new. Mm -hmm. In the middle of a recession, you're going to start something new. Okay, it might have sounded okay. Every one of them failed, mm. Right. Because what happened was you already had something you built. You already had a set of skills, something you're really good at. And you said, I'm going to abandon all that. I'm going to do something new. Start at zero again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it was really hard. Most of, every one of them came back to doing what they normally did. Mm -hmm. Took years, you know, 2012, 2015, 2016, before they finally recognized that they needed to do that. But they came back to their strengths. So instead of jumping ship. What I would suggest, and instead of freezing and cocooning, which is what a lot of people do during this time, I would say continue to build. Mm 
Continue to work on your skills. Continue to work on your abilities. Continue to work on finding new ideas, new things that you can do for yourself, for others, and that kind of thing. And when this turns around, because it will turn around and things will get better, I guarantee that. I don't guarantee a lot in life, but this one I know. I've been through <laughs> enough times to know this is yeah. going to be fine. And you're going you're gonna to question. You're going to go, wow, I should have, I should have, I should have used this time to have done this I've, I've learned a new skill i've you know maybe i start working with gourds or maybe i, I watch a course uh, that you've created uh, shahar and then we learn something new so that when things turn around the money starts flowing again because it will it can't be shut down like this for very long uh, the economy won't survive it's going to happen right mm -hmm. and you want to be ready for it so this is a uh, time to prepare this is the time to learn to grow to build yourself make yourself stronger because when it turns around we're going to be back on the treadmill again Yes, that's true. That. That's true. Right? You know, uh, like you said, not starting something new, not going on a total new journey that you're not familiar with, uh, is a is a very sound piece of advice. This is not the moment. You have to right. get the skills that you already have, and and work with that. What you said about going back to normal. There was a time, I, I think it was about 20 years ago in Brazil that we woke up in the one morning and I remember I had a production company and I went to, to go to, my, to, to work there and my sister actually came in to, and said, you don't know what happened. Everybody has only $50 or reais at that point. So every single person in the country had $50 in the bank. Everything else had been taken. And society went upside down at that moment and it really the, there were seconds there there were, i think many hours that we were thinking now what right and things have to be shifted and things have to be modified but we all survived and we thrived later right so like you said it doesn't matter how how difficult it gets the mindset on how you're going to go about it is very important with that said, Robert, uh, we, we, we have to, uh, to look also where things will really trend. So what I want to say is this. We know online shopping is high right now, but right. It's, high, it's high for big companies, right? So Amazon can complain. A lot of people cannot complain. But we artists, many of us don't care about online or we rely on one specific social network to promote and sell what we have. What I believe is now we have to get into the mindset of I will not be able to put my pieces on a gallery or an art walk for the foreseeable future. Maybe I need to become the gallery. Maybe I need to get in control of an online environment or a website and start working that. Because if you're, if you're doing only on social media or if you're using one of the platforms that sell crafts, uh, things are changing there as well. Uh, rules are becoming very complicated. Fees are becoming quite scary. Uh, you don't have control over those platforms, right? You only have control over what you, you own, your website. And yes, it is difficult to make it work, but I actually think it's less work than trying one of those platforms. But what you cannot be doing is what you've done so far, right? You have to ramp up the game a little bit or else things are going to get dire. Do you agree? You could get a handful of artists together. Let's say you get 10, 15 artists together and all of you decide we're going to build one website and we're all going to put our artwork on that web, one website. We're all going to promote it, right? Mm -hmm. And all the art is in one place. And, you know, the money's going either through PayPal or whatever. And, you know, when the money comes in, you just distribute it. You can create your own website now. And yes. uh, there are tools out there like squarespace.com, things like that, that just make it so easy for mm -hmm. like $9 a month, right? Yeah. Really, really cheap to do it. And, you know, so that's what I encourage because, yeah, Etsy and, and eBay and the other, the other sites that you use, Amazon Crafts, Amazon has a section now for crafters too. They just take too much money. There's yeah. really too much money. Crafters and, and don't have a lot of money. They change the rules all the time. Make yeah. projects. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. And, and they change the rules all the time, which, uh, you know, you cannot control anything. So you have to be careful. You just mentioned getting the artists together. And I was thinking, I, the way I like to solve problems, uh, I, we both admire Dan Kennedy, and you know that, that looking into another industry, looking at what they do right and implementing. So, for example, you mentioned the, the artists, and I was thinking, well, there are tons of art walks that are not going to happen. Well, why can't I do an art walk using one of these tools like Zoom or Skype or whatever out there, even Facebook, to do the same? 
you get a group of artists and you know each one shows like the person was passing by and they mm -hmm. talk about what it is and and you have one funnel where the the pieces can be sold why not there's what, only what stops reason. you the only re the reason is why not is because artists typically are not comfortable in front of the camera yeah but that, we that, we got to change some of our behaviors happens. right yeah that only yeah. happens the first time mm -hmm. Right. And after yeah. you do it once, you realize, hey, it didn't hurt. I'm not bleeding. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. Then it, yeah. yeah, we're good. You know, <laughs> so I would encourage artists to do that. And, uh, you know, Zoom is if you pay the paid account is like $14.99 a month. Mm -hmm. it's really, really cheap. Uh, it's really you know, we're not talking tons and tons of money here yeah. uh, to be able to do something like that. That's a great idea. I would love to have an artist come on and, and you know, hold up the artwork and tell us about it, what you did and yes. what you Inspired you? Why you why you chose blue instead of red? You know, tell us uh -huh. what, what you did and how you did it and and what the meaning is behind it. Yes, and yes. then you could say, and anybody who'd like it, you know, I'm selling it for fifty dollars mm -hmm. or whatever, and you know, put the link in there to, to pay the fifty dollars. The person who pays for it first gets it. You know, and and there is nothing wrong about asking for people to pay, correct? No, because that's another big thing that people think, oh, somebody said I'm selling too much. And I always think, did that person buy at all, ever, from you? Because yeah. you get those complainers, but you know they're never going to spend a dime with you. Yeah. Now, you have bills to pay, right? Like I have, like you have. So at some point, you got to ask for the money. To buy. Gosh, you know, right? <laughs> <Stuff cheap>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <clears throat> Uh, Claudia is saying, you are so right about the news. I tune in once a day and that is plenty. May we realize in this the things that are really important and what is not. I hope that people will begin to calm down and think things through more clearly. And Louis is saying, as a gallery owner, I'm reinventing my business every day. I currently represent over 60 artists. I work for them. Yes. Joanne, uh, Joanne, uh, how do I get over the fear of asking money for my artwork? That's a very good question. That's an easy one, right? So you look in for the mirror. For me, it is. <laughs> right? You got to look in the mirror because the, the fear is about self-esteem. It's about fearing being judged. It's like if I tell you I've got this supplement here and I'm going to sell this to you and I made it, it's something that I crafted and created. Well, if you say no, I take it as a rejection and it hurts. So that's the fear. It's going to hurt if somebody rejects it, right? And you got to not look at it that way. You've got to look at it as I'm me, and this is something I created. That's that. There's a separation here, and you really need to pay attention to that gap and realize they're not. It's not part of you in in that way, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody may reject what you've created, but they cannot reject you because they don't know you, right? Mm -hmm. You're the only one who knows you enough to reject you. So if you reject you, that's where that 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 problem comes in where it's really difficult to ask for money. It's yes. just like, you don't think you're worthy. You don't think you're worth that much. You don't think your, your talent is good enough. And it's really difficult. You know, as a photographer, I've been a photographer. That was my first career. I got, went to school for commercial photography. It's like, I would take photos and I would know everything about that photo so much so that I couldn't realize how good or bad it was. Mm -hmm. I had no way to judge it because I'd seen the whole process through from start to finish, from taking the photo to developing the film yes. to making the enlargements to framing it, all of that. I've seen the process all the way through. And there was no way that I could be objective about how good or bad it was. And it was really, it was challenging sometimes to price things because I didn't know, mm -hmm. right? So I started to look to other people and say, okay, what are they charging? And I thought, well, $100 a photo. Yeah, I think that's right. And I started to get that. And then I, I saw people charging $500 a photo. And I said, okay, I think that's right. Mm -hmm. And I was getting it so that people were telling me, okay, your work is good enough that it was worth that amount of money, right? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you know, uh, you said so many things that I want to uh, develop on. Yeah, we don't have another hour. But think about this. Uh, that, like you said, the no is not to you. It's to whatever they think uh, you're trying to sell. But the other thing is you believing that what you're asking is the fair price. If you, think, if you don't believe on whatever amount you're asking, people are not going to pay. So it's important for you to believe that. But as you said, when it was with the, the pictures, you knew the whole process. Well, so the, the selling part, Robert, becomes really storytelling. Right? You're going to talk about not only if it's made with fiber or with glass or with whatever, but 
why you created that? What were you thinking? What inspired you? And that storytelling will create rapport with the right buyer, will right. create emotions that will be uh, in that place because the person might think, wow, uh, you know, I remember when I took a walk with my father and he mentioned something similar or we saw something similar or whatever it was. And when the price comes, it really becomes a no brainer. Right? right, because what was sold was not the piece, but what the piece means to that person now. And that's why they are going to be willing to, play, to pay whatever price you're asking. Right? So I think it's important for you to, as an artist, uh, not, not focus so, only on the process of what you made, but the why, the story behind it. Right? Because we are visual storytellers. At, at really, at the end, that's what we are. Right? Mm -hmm. We create a, a, something that meant something to us when it was being created, and you need to tell that to people. And then the price itself doesn't become that important. I think we, we put too much uh, weight on the money part, right? Because, yes, we, we grow up thinking, and depending on the religion you have, money is really dirty, right? Money is something you shouldn't have. And like it or not, you grow up, I, I, I come from a Catholic country. We, we, we're, we grow up with guilt, right, of everything. So if it's that way, you have to revisit the, your beliefs and start thinking uh, money is a necessary thing for me to accomplish what I want for myself and to others around me. And I think then you change your perspective. Agree, Robert? You do. Money, money is, has a lot of emotion tied to it. And that's the hardest thing for us. So we think money, because it's so painful for so many of us, it's hard mm -hmm. to come by. It's hard to get a hold yeah. of. It goes away real quickly. And so we think if we're asking for a lot of money, we're inflicting pain on somebody else. Yes. But you can't transfer your thoughts and your feelings about money to somebody else. You've got to let them have their own thoughts and feelings about money. So you might say my, my work, to, you know, is worth a hundred dollars and boy, that feels like a whole lot of money to somebody else. A hundred dollars is, you know, they use that to blow their nose. Mm -hmm. It's just it's not a big deal. Right. Yeah. So that's the thing when I had to learn this in coaching, when I first started coaching, I was charging $75 for an hour. And the reason I chose that is because lawyers were charging $125 an hour at that time. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, I don't have a legal degree, so I can't charge that. Right. So I, yeah. I made myself charge $75 an hour and that took a while to get used to that. And then I realized I wasn't selling any coaching because mm -hmm. who's going to hire a coach at $75 an hour? How good could you be? Right. <laughs> so yeah, <clears throat> I got to raise the price. I got up to $125 and I said, wow, is somebody going to pay me the same price they pay a lawyer? Mm -hmm. Sure. I started to. And then I said, well, maybe I need to go a little bit higher. So I made it $250 an hour and I got more clients. Wow. $250 an hour. You must be really good. So then I raised it higher, $550 an hour. I charge now $1,750 an hour and I still get clients buying it. Yep. Why? Because I'm not selling the hour, right? Mm -hmm. You're not selling the art piece. You're selling the story behind the art piece. You're selling something that's going to beautify somebody's home. You're selling something that they're going to look at every day and feel good about. You're selling the feeling, right? Mm -hmm. When you sell music, what are you really selling? Yeah, A digital yeah. download? No, 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 no. People are buying the emotion. Yeah. How the song makes them feel, that's what they're buying. It's pure emotion. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so you get attached to that and it's okay. So what am I selling when I'm selling art? It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. House, and they're going to feel good about it. They're going to look at it and they're going to feel good. This is going to add some beauty in some way uh, mm -hmm. to their lives. What's that worth? Mm -hmm. What's it worth? I don't know. I've paid $1,700 for art that's yeah. in my house, yeah. right? Didn't mm -hmm. bat an eye on it. Why? Because... Every to you, yeah, you see that story behind it. I knew the artist, and it's like there's a piece of them in there, and it's like it just brings back so many. It, yeah, it's uh, no problem. I'm, I'm paying the money. Yeah, yeah, right. And you know, uh, you have to understand that what you're providing is value, and you're just exchanging that value for money, which is another form of value, yep. right? So, you, whatever you do, even if you're not an artist, that's what you're doing, and you have to be comfortable with that. Yep. Melissa Terlisi is saying, hi, Curious Mondo, great ideas. Deborah Wogan, great idea about creating an online art walk. Love it. Judy Rapp, I never know how much to charge and often give, often give stuff away. Karen G, it may be easy to add up materials, but you have to add the value of one's time and talents. And Claudia, uh, Shahar and Robert, thank you for this discussion. You know, we could be here all day, just saying. Right. We usually yeah. when we get on the phone <laughs> or on our FaceTime, we go for hours. Right. Yeah. 
Well, just for us to finish, Robert, a little bit more about the money, because you, you know it is a great challenge to people. And I've seen many people that rather give away than ask for money. Mm -hmm. So right now, uh, you, you have to rethink <laughs> this proposition, correct? Because things are not going to be easy for a while. It, it, we live in a country that it's good for business, right? I think the American dream is you dream, you put the, the hours and the effort into that, you make it, right? Uh, but now it's going to get a little challenging for a while. So our, our perspective about money needs to change, even as, as artists, right? You're creating value every day in your studio, and you need to be able to put that out. Any final thoughts on this? Yeah, uh, you will understand from a marketing perspective. This is straight up marketing. Price only figures into a purchasing decision. Guess what? How, how often do you think it figures in percentage wise? It's a very low percentage, actually. 5%. 5%. Research shows that price is an issue 5% of the time. So that means 95% of the people buying don't consider price to be you know, a, a deciding factor in buying whatever they're buying. Even though they may voice that because it's the easiest excuse. Yeah. It's too expensive for me. I don't right. have it. I'm on fixed income. Then, it's the, the easy way out. Person drive yeah. up in a brand new car. Yes. They don't, yes. Have the money. they don't have the money. They don't have the money. And then, hey, where'd you get the new car from? <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh -huh. So yeah, when people say they don't have the money, that's not true. The truth of the matter is if you walked outside and fell and broke your arm, you'd find the money if you had to pay $5,000 to have that, that arm fixed, you'd yeah. find it. Yeah, right. Yeah. We have the money for what we really want. And if somebody uses that as an objection, then this is not for you. Mm -hmm. That's okay. The next person will say, I don't care what it's, what's, how much you're charging. I want it. Right. And that comes also to the judging part. You, you should not be judging your own audience. You know, it's so common that we say, oh, people don't have money right now. We are going to hear that a lot. Right. We, people don't have money right now or, or they're all poor. Or, you're judging. And that's the first mistake. You should not judge. Let but them figure out how they're going to pay. Money right now, but you huh? can't project that on other people, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you not a... like, I don't have money right now, so that means everybody doesn't have money. No, no, no that's not true. Yeah, there that's are people not true who are millionaires living right next door to you. You have no idea. Uh huh. True. Right? You have true. no idea because they don't act it. They don't flaunt it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Robert, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Uh, find me anywhere on social media at Robert Imbriali or robertimbriali.com, the best way to find me. And uh, yeah, I'd love to connect with anyone who wants to connect and uh, talk arts and crafts and business and marketing, coaching, you know, whatever uh, is on your mind, we can do that. Yeah, and, and even if uh, live streaming is a possibility for you and you, you want to do in a way that is more structured than just your cell phone, you offer that in California as well as we offer here in Salt Lake. The, so talk about uh, your studio a little bit. Yeah, I have studio. So I'm in what is considered the control room. I've just got a small setup here, two little lights above me and a, a webcam. But behind me, behind the glass is actually where the big studio is. And in there we can do interviews. We can do uh, all kinds of live streaming, multi-camera setup, just like you've got there, Shahar. And, uh, you know, we can do PowerPoint. We have big TV with the PowerPoint up there. We can do switching between multi-camera. So if you're looking to do something a little bit more involved, then uh, that would be a solution for you. Yes, because creating new products for you right now may be a huge option, for example, as a course, uh, an online course. If you cannot go and give classes, but you were doing that, well, you already have the course ready, right? So if you want to have in a very structured way, and you're in California, Robert is the to-go person. If you are in Utah, you can come to Utah. Uh, we are here. If not, get your phone and still do it, okay? It's better to create something that you don't think is 100% perfect, but put out there, see the reaction of people and start generating cash than to wait to the moment that where everything is perfect. So depending on where you are, there's a different solution. Thank yeah, you so I, much, Rob. Go ahead. Right? If you've got questions about how to do a, a, you know, a video or something, you've got questions, reach out to either one of us. We're happy to help yes, out. Yes, of course, we are. Okay, thank you so much for being here today. I, I wish we could stay two more hours talking about this. I, I think it's really important for us. You know, uh, I believe in, in difficult conversations in the sense that you don't hide 
uh, things that are happening and you don't paint with, you know, pink color everything because not everything is pink right now. Uh, but you, you discuss about it so you can process that inside your brain and learn to deal with it in a different, more productive way. And I hope we also uh, put out there some ideas of things that you could be changing, tweaking a little bit and implementing because now you do have the time for that. So use to create, you know, to create more things around what you were doing, uh, to finish your projects, of course, because that will give a, a feeling of fulfillment that will trigger other actions from you and really limit the time that you were spending looking at negative news, wherever they're coming from. Correct? Correct. Absolutely. Okay. Okay, this is Creativity in Focus. We do have, we also spent our time saying, okay, how can we keep people entertained and engaged in what they love during this difficult time? So we have more things coming that are different from, for, for you. Look every day on our Curious Mondo Facebook page because our instructors are sending how they are creating right now and what they are doing and the space that they have is just fun to watch. We put a new one every day. Go look for that and many more things uh, to come. And next week, a replay because we we are all going to be home. Uh, basics of knitting, you, wow, this is the time to start knitting that sweater, isn't it? So come learn with Sarah Scott. Uh, she's phenomenal. Okay, I'll see you back here soon. This is Creativity in Focus. You can find this anytime, wherever you're watching right now or on any podcast platform, including Spotify. See you next time.